This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. There we go. Just adjust things a little bit as we uh, move into the afternoon. Matt Steadman. Hello. Have you got your papers organised? You've got a lot of... You've got... You've got one, you've got two, two screens, you've got a clipboard. Hello, I'm Cam Russell-Smith here, <laughs> and uh, we're here to do the show, food show. Uh, yes, Cam Smith's my name. Uh, Matt Steadman is across me. The Greetings. station we are on is, of course... Triple R. Yes. Hello, listeners, and thank you, of course, to the scientists who are, who are warming down after the show. They're doing their stretches. They are. They're doing stretches, yeah. and Dr. Shane's waiting. We've, yeah. He's doing the hand thing with the, <laughs> the, the fingers sort of extended, sort of spirit fingers. How are you, Cam? You're looking well for a cold day. I am feeling pretty good. Uh, it was uh, a little bit exciting in the morning when I woke up and it was four degrees. Mm. And um, well, here we are. First day of July. In the middle of winter, the first day of July. Happy new financial year if you're into that sort of thing. Yes. Uh, of course, yes. Of course. Get your taxes in now, people. Get your taxes in now. And uh, also, I think the thing that sort of warmed me up was standing in the sunshine mm. with John, who was in a bit of a grumpy mood, it must be said. <laughs> surely not. Yes, surely not. <laughs> um, but it's great. You, you put this thing in front of him and he speaks and mm-hmm. the humanity just rises from him. We have a great little market report. And uh, I warmed up my bones, got us a borac, which we have consumed. It's we already are, gone. We are powered by spinach borax. And delicious croissants. Thank you for getting the pastries. That's all right. That's okay. Um, But uh, the question goes out to you, dear, dear listener. What are you doing? What's going on Mm. in the car? Mm. Good day for a drive. Lovely day for a drive. Could be. Actually, you know what? Mm. Going on a limb here. Picnic. Ooh, rug up though. Yeah, if but if you could find a sheltered spot, yes, in the sunshine, there is a there's a touch of warmth in the sun. It's nice, isn't it? If you can find direct sun, mm. you will be fine. Yes, and uh, it's great when a little bit of sunshine uh, comes upon us all, and uh, our first guests sort of reflect that in mm. a way. Yes, um, tenuous segue. Possibly. Let's see how we go. Scarf dinners at Bang. Um, we have uh, in the house, yep. uh, we have the co-founder and general manager, Hannah Coleman, mm-hmm. waiting to come in, along with Ambassador Leanne Clancy. Now, um, um, we'll find out about Scarf, but uh, they want us to have uh, a dinner at Bang. And uh, we're looking at it pretty good. It's um, in Mitchell Street, Brunswick. Yep. 45 bucks for a two-course set menu. But we'll find out why you might want to go out and avail yourself to that and what good you're going to be doing yes. for the rest of the people in this land. That's a bargain. 45 for two courses nowadays. I'm going to call that a bargain. Barg. Barg. It's a barg, mate. Total barg. Um, yes, we will find out about this total barg um, a little bit later in the show. And uh, we also have coming in, mm. well, she's not here, in here yet. I think I might no. have told her she can come in a little bit later because she's going to be last. Yep. Nikki Rima. Yep. Now, Nikki Rima is a fabulous chef down there at Bellotta. Yes. In, in Bank Street, South, South Melbourne. Melbourne, which. Um, Opposite the old Armstrong Studios for those with a musical bent. The. 
Armstrong Studio. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get that name out of the Ark or something? <laughs> My yes. God. Uh, yeah, Armstrong's. Um, the South Melbourne used to be sort of the recording centre of Melbourne's universe. Pretty much. If that's not virtually virtually every big Australian album in the seventies and eighties was recorded there. I think. I had a mate. I used to live with a, uh, a friend who was an assistant producer on a lot of those yeah, albums. Right. And I remember once getting a call at. I don't know, about 2.30, quarter to three in the morning. Yeah. Because really? they, well, you know, these guys work stupid hours. Yeah. Marty, Marty Fripp. God, what happened to Marty Fripp? Um, but he said, uh, come on down. You've got to come down to the Armstrongs. Because uh, the, there was a full orchestra set up and they yeah. had all the percussion stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> three in the morning, I don't know, I was probably Beat about, away until your heart's yeah, 20 years old. So yeah. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll be there. <laughs> Uh, but I digress. 12.07 here on yes. 3 RFM. Uh, the first thing we need to do is just mention that um, in the land of the free... Mm. No. Okay, yes, are we going there? <laughs> just obliquely. Okay. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> leaning back. I, that was... If only we had a webcam. That was an uncomfortable look you just shot me. Um, in the land of the free, the US of A. Yeah. Uh, it's National Mai Tai Day. Oh, okay, and let's face it, everybody needs a drink over there. Yes. Just to cope with what's going on. Yes. And you told me that you'd never had a Mai Tai. Never had a Mai Tai. So what's quickly, what is Have a Mai Tai? Have you guys had a Mai Tai out there? Mm. I think it's one of the great tropical drinks. And if you are in the middle of winter mm. and you need a reminder of how good things can be in the summer, it's pretty much this as far as I know. It's much, mm. you just get all the rums. Dark, <laughs> golden, white, blanc all. Yeah. And you just 30 mil, 30 mil, 30 mil, whack those in a glass. It's got pineapple juice, which gives that illusion of health and, you know. <laughs> but the the spooky ingredient is 15 mil of mm. Auger syrup, which as far as I know is, um, it's, a, it's, an, it's sort of like a bitter almond sort of thing. And that gives the spooky sort Ooh. of thing. And I don't know, you put a couple of pineapple things and try not to spear your eyes with them while you drink them and but they're one of those great um cocktails that uh you know when you drink a cocktail and you go this is just delicious and yes. refreshing and you don't realize it's mainly alcohol yes it's sort of like mint juleps and you Ooh. have three of those and you're falling down <laughs> water i think we could say anyway national mai tai day yes. america have a drink you got to do something to cope um and we um we mentioned that it's uh, saint theobald of provence Day. Yes. Theobald. Theobald. <laughs> Theo, for, to his mates. Sounds like a Tolkien character. What's he the uh, the saint of? Yeah, somewhere, somewhere hangs around Rivendell or something like <laughs> yes. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, patron of farmers, wine growers, and charcoal burners. Charcoal burners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the charcoal burners. <laughs> Keep banging those rocks together. Um, and um, a, a couple great names. Yes. Um, this is just so trivial, but I'm just doing it. Indulge me. Okay. All right. This is on this day, yeah? All right. Two blokes yeah. are hanging around. And yeah. They came up with a great idea. Yeah. Those two blokes' names were Erastus. <coughs> Sorry. shouldn't laugh at my own two. Erastus and Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Imagine them hanging around going, what do you reckon, Erastus? I don't know, Thaddeus. <laughs> um, S. Fairbanks of St. Jonesbury, Vermont. Anywhere they received the first patent for a platform scale. Good on you, guys. Now we know how much you weigh. And they're right, that is. Yeah, it's right, Erastus. One, two, three. <laughs> What's, What's that, that in your mouth, mouth Cameron? I, I thought we might just do this a, a little bit. Um, Matt, I want you to start off, if you uh, if you would. You said that you had a cassoulet. 
I did. Um, I did have it a long way away, though, so I was lucky enough. You had a – may I just paraphrase and Please. say that you had a, a, a gr- one of the great French provincial dishes yes. on a tropical island. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent the week in Singapore for work. And it's my first time there, actually. Yeah. Um, Disneyland with death penalties? So says William S. Burroughs, yes. Boom. Bang. Good. Um, but no, what I, it's it's kind of like um, my first impressions of it. I didn't get to see much of it because I was sort of working. But um, sort of the meeting point of the British Empire, sort of in this part of the world. So you've got mm. a whole mixture of cuisines, and of course, well beyond melting the British pot Empire. doesn't even begin to describe Not it, really, does it? No. So every cuisine imaginable, you'll find some excellent examples of it there. All usually within you know a, a very quick cab ride. So um, yeah, and also just nice to get out of. Melbourne's cold for a week. What's a cassoulet for those that have ever had it? It's like a white bean braise and uh, duck and sausage is normally found in there. And yeah, sometimes shoulder of lamb in there as well. Yeah. If you look in Larousse Gastronomique, there's sort of like a holy trinity of them. Yeah, right. Depending on which town. Like Toulouse has the sausage yes. in there. Anyway, but um, yeah, what an amazing Delicious. dish. And it's all about the crust that you keep cooking and breaking because you have this sauce that floats to the top and you put breadcrumbs yeah. on the top of that and then you break that and then you allow it to form again and then you break it. It's it's something that takes days to cook. We're going to talk a little later on to Nicky Rima about winter foods and I would suggest to you that is an excellent winter food. Yeah, need to need to do one of those. Um, I'd like to mention something. One Please. that I did at home um, with inspiration from Damien Pignolet. Um, yes. He of Bistro Moncur in mm-hmm. um, Sydney. I think no longer cooking. But yes. he uh, he brought out two glorious books, one just on salads and the other on French cooking. Yes. And um, we've uh, interviewed him in the past and he's mm-hmm. he was fabulous, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. it's a few years ago now. It yes. is a few footy seasons. But anyway, he had his, um, his roast chook. Mm-hmm. Recipe, mm-hmm. and uh, what it basically is is uh, the goodness of chicken and butter. Yes. Where what you do is you uh, you get um, softened butter and you mix um, tarragon in with it. Yep. A little bit of garlic. Um, yep. I put a couple of little pieces of anchovy in there as well. Ooh. And because it is truffle season, and I was in the lucky position of having. A couple of truffles in the fridge. <laughs> um, I put that, and then you slide that under the skin of the breast, okay? And you, you put a lot in there. Yeah. I was going to be a little yeah. bit more profane. But I did not <laughs> the, the Yoast swear jar to come out. And um, you roast it with potatoes and things. And what happens is that the, the butter sort of falls down the chicken as mm. it's roasting, mm. which leaves the tarragon and the, and, and the glorious truffles and the little bit of garlic. And then all the butter goes into the pan and it sort of makes the potatoes super crispy. Not everyday food. Can I ask you a question without notice? Where do you get your chickens from if you're doing a roast chicken? Oh, this was uh, the. I went to the chicken shop in uh, off Carlisle Street in St Kilda, mm-hmm. uh, and I got a Hazeldean chicken. So I thought mm-hmm. I, I might as well get a you know a, a name brand chicken. A name, well, a chicken that's you know had a reasonable life. Yes, I suppose is the thing. You know, the best chicken you can afford. Yeah, and that was sort of that was it. But the other thing that's amazing about this recipe mm-hmm. of Damien's is that when you pull it out of the oven. You get a bowl and you make sort of a foil collar mm-hmm. in the bowl. Okay, this is good. I can see. Yeah, my, my uh, dog's a ticking away. He's gone. Right. 
upper left-hand quadrant of the eyesight thing, so that means Matt's visualising it, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Then you turn the chicken in, over and you allow it to rest, so it's mm. breast side down. Yeah. So then all those juices that are sort of in the thighs and stuff like that then come down into the other parts of the chook. And, and resting time at least 20 minutes? Uh, well, I couldn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll do. You're only human. Come on. Um, <laughs> uh, but, oh, my Lord, the, the smell of the tarragon with the chicken and the garlic and the bit of truffles, uh, it was really, really good. Mm. Other thing I want to very, very quickly yes, mention before be we move yes. on, thank you very, very much, keep me, keep me moving, is that I was lucky enough to go to Eau de Vie. Mm. Eau de Vie is a speakeasy bar in Highland Lane mm-hmm. uh, off uh, Flinders Lane. Mm-hmm. Yes, Flinders Lane. Um, and if you were walking down this alley, you could think I'm, I just could be mugged here because it's nothing but just a, just a laneway with sort of a dead end. And some dumpsters maybe. Dumpsters. And there's, a, there's just a, a lantern hanging over a door with no signs. Mm. You go into this and bang, you're in a Prohibition-style bar. Mm. Uh, but I had churros. There, as mm. well as some really lovely booze. But the churros is really, really interesting, man. Mm. In the fact that churros is a Spanish dish. Yes. Bits of dough with chocolate sauce. Pretty simple. Think Cinnamon. Uptown, uptown donuts. Is uptown donuts yeah. with no, with just X, Y axis. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? No, yeah. No circumference. No circumference. Yes. Pie not be needed to calculate <laughs> its, you know. Uh, but, okay, so normally it's, it's, it's a cinnamon sugar. Yes. This was spooky. Mm-hmm. So it was cinnamon sugar with a bit of Szechuan pepper. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I just thought, that is brilliant. You'd want to very carefully ride that wave, wouldn't you? Because just a little bit too much. Yeah. And you've ruined dessert. Yeah. It's all about judicious handling of uh, of ingredients and hopefully you've got the right people to do it. And uh, in a moment we're going to be talking about getting the right people for the hospitality industry mm-hmm. and um, we look forward to having a chat to Hannah and Leanne. They're going to be coming up next here on 3 Triple R. 12.17 here on 3 Triple R. No, I'm not reading digital clocks right. It's 12.18 <laughs> because those seconds keep uh, counting down do and down. Oh, that's what's happened when you do a show on the radio and the clock keeps ticking. Hannah Coleman, Leanne Clancy, a very, very good afternoon to you. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Cam. Ah, it's a bloody pleasure. We love you. <clears throat> My heart is beating faster and it's um, always good to hear. So, um, Scarf, you're the... Um, Hannah, you're the co-founder and the general manager of this. We haven't spoken to you for a little while. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. Um, for those that have not heard about SCARF, the organisation, and what its aims are and its accomplishments, tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Uh, so we are a, a social enterprise based in Melbourne. Um, basically, we partner with amazing restaurants in... Sorry, that's me. <laughs> if you want, that's just me. Hannah, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Partnering, yes. We partner with, uh, yeah, some of Melbourne's best restaurants yes. to run hospitality training and mentoring programs uh, that also offer paid work experience to our trainees. Paid work experience, yes. not, not farming it, people for... 
stages, which is a nice way of saying <laughs> we don't pay you. No, yes. we pay we pay the award wage, actually yes. just above the award, uh, yes. which we're very proud to do. And we work with young people seeking protection and young people from refugee and migrant backgrounds who are having a hard time getting a job, basically. Um, we create opportunities for them to get experience and, you know, grow their skills and knowledge and networks and confidence. Um, because it's a good starting point on getting on this society to, uh, let's face it, get, uh, get work in hospitality. Yeah, I mean, hospitality is a great industry, um, you know, uh, for lots of reasons. Obviously, you get uh, access to lots of great food and drink, um, but it's a great place to, to make friends and, you know, build community, especially if you're new to a city or a country, mm. um, as all of our trainees are. So, you know, it's also a great, uh, can be a great stepping stone, you know, even if your heart's desire isn't to work in hospitality forever, it can be a really great place to, to gain skills that are transferable to other industries and, um, you know, yeah, build up confidence as well. Leanne, what's been uh, your involvement with SCARF? Um, the guys at SCARF very kindly invited me along to be an ambassador about three years ago. Um, but our relationship goes way back to the beginning of SCARF, which I think was 2010, was it, Hannah? Um, uh, and when I first read about SCARF, I thought, yep, that's the kind of thing I'd like to be involved with. And initially I thought I'd be able to offer my skills as a hospitality trainer, which was something that I did for a number of years. Yes. Um, a bit of knife skills. Yeah, that sort of stuff. No, not front of house, Giles. Come on. <laughs> so maybe you show the Julian. You don't have Let's this have glamour out the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Um, yeah, Touché. So Thank you, Liam. I caught up with Hannah um, at the time and we hit it off and I just love what they do. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've always been sort of, you know, taking groups of people along to the dinners every season. They run, you know, four seasons a year and it's always a different venue. So it's a really good way to, you know, not only check out new venues around town, but um, introduce friends to the program and what SCARF's all about. So Tick, tick and tick. And so yeah, that good. brings us to the winter SCARF dinners, which are taking place, uh, which I think Matt said, you said it was a... It's a bag. It's a bag. Oh, it's a total bug. Mm, a bug at bung, because the restaurant pronunciation is actually bung, bung. Uh, in Brunswick. Like a bung leg. Bung leg. Let that hang. <laughs> there we go. The hanging the hanging leg there. But no, uh, bung is a little bit different. What, what is bung? Bung, I know the address, so mm. uh, it's in Mitchell Street, Brunswick. It's a quite new restaurant. It's been open for just under a year. Um, the same owners as Tom Fat in Brunswick, which is a pretty well-regarded sort of modern Thai restaurant, yes. if you will. Um, bung is serving regional Indian cuisine. And the which food... Regions? Oh, all over. All so over. from all the regions. From down south, Kerala, all the regions. up to, yeah. <laughs> to the north. Yeah. Contemporary, yeah. contemporary takes on contemporary. Contemporary. We yeah. actually um, we do have the menu here. If uh, you wanted to hear about a couple of delicious dishes, make us hungry. Okay. I mean, um, we're, we're powered by okay. croissant and borek at the moment, Ooh. so you'll see you you'll have to be doing pretty well to you know your powers to okay. actually get us going. What about shades of carb there? Yes. What about some soft? <laughs> 
<laughs> some soft shell crab pakoras with oh. mustard seed and curry leaf caddy. Okay, I'm hungry. Uh, we've got <laughs> spinach and paneer samosas, which are going to be served with a minted yogurt and a tamarind date chutney. Yeah. There's a couple of the entrees, uh, but mains is where it starts to get mm, pretty that's serious. Where it's at. Yeah, we've got a charcoal roast pork belly with uh, spicy goan vindaloo and charred fennel. I'll be going for that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, be going for that. that that's good bag. Yeah, bags all around. Yep. Uh, lamb shank Rogan Josh with cumin and... What's Rogan uh, Josh again? Yeah, do you remember what, a, what well, actual Rogan Josh is? Leanne's going to explain... No, Leanne's going, no, it's, oh God, it's, it's escaping me. And that's a question without notice, but it's a classic Indian dish. I'm thinking from sort of, well, it's lamb, so it's got to be to the north. Mm. Yeah, anyway, okay, so we've taken that. Was, did you say lamb shank? Yes, lamb shank, Rogan Josh. Good um, I reckon it's one of, we were just saying before out in the green room, weren't we, Hannah? This is, I think it's one of the most exciting menus we've had for scarf dinners. Mm. It looks pretty good. Um, they're usually quite abbreviated menus, but this one's a bit more um, comprehensive and there's some good-sounding desserts on there if you're a sweet tooth too. Mm, there's a sweet ricotta samosa with chocolate and pomegranate, which sounds mm. ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Okay. We should have brought some of those in. We should have, <laughs> we should have swung via bung on the way here. Yeah, by and, the way, uh, could have come packing. Mm. <laughs> packing <laughs> the stuff. Us, invite that. us back and we'll yeah, bring right. some... Um, so this is happening, um, this isn't all the time. So if you, you're thinking of booking in for this to do some, some good for scarf, what you've got to do is plan your nights, um, on Tuesday. So this is, uh, Tuesday nights from the 10th of July to the 28th of August. And, um, so these nights are just set out for scarf. Exactly. It's really good. It is. It's pretty cool. Um, we have, you know, amazing restaurant partners and they basically let us come in and take over the restaurant for a night during our seasons. The yeah. bung chefs will be doing the cooking, so yeah. they'll be in the kitchen, but scarf will be running the front of house. So we'll have our eight new trainees who have just signed on for winter scarf, yes. eight mentors, and our mentors come from places like St. Crispin, Gerald's Bar, Market Lane. They're all, you know... Wow. Hospo stalwarts wow. and they support the trainees one on one in the front of house. So, um, yeah, this so is why we've got to get you along to the next dinner. Mm. Yeah, that Cam. sounds great. Okay. To see it in action, it makes a lot of sense. Actually, I'd, I'd like to do that, but yeah. uh, I think maybe I'd just like to just throw a compliment your way in the fact that you have obviously managed to get some great oh, networks. Is that the right word? But just some, some great um, associations with people. Yeah, congratulations absolutely. on that. Oh, thank you. Well, I think you know we've we've been around now for almost eight years, and yeah. from the early days, we've had really great support from the hospitality industry. We've got some incredible sponsors as well: um, Punt Road Wines and Four Pillars Gin. You know, Starwood Whiskey, like some awesome local products that we're serving, um, and having ambassadors like Clance and a couple of other. Uh, pretty well-known um, ambassadors really helps to get the word out and mm. I think you know we're in Melbourne Melbourne we love hospo and dining out you know and dining out with um, with a cause is something that's very appealing well take a call from clangers and try and say no <laughs> hey huh yeah no way all right well look this is this is a really really great thing and of course uh, people can go to the scarf web website and I imagine that uh, bang and that's with an H you got that didn't you Matt? yeah we'll it on the uh, you know website stuff, and the Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah. good luck. That. So um, um, if people are interested, again, those dates are the 10th of July. So it's going to be starting, that's uh, Tuesday week. True. We'll be, yeah, this is a true statement. And um, <laughs> uh, till the 28th of August. So there's, there's quite a bit of time to go and do this. 
um, it sounds good. And now I just want to, yes, I just need to bring up something that we just need to acknowledge, I suppose, in the fact that um, the restaurant industry has been great for nurturing people and training people, but unfortunately what we've been seeing lately is a certain amount of exploitation of workers. And we brought this up with Tony Eldred when he came mm. in from Eldred Hospitality. And it's something that needs to be addressed. And um, although we can't solve it in the couple minutes that we have here, you guys have been aware of these things and it's part of the program. Is that correct, Anna? Yeah, we actually dedicate um, one of our training sessions to work rights in Australia. So we, we talk our trainees through, um, you know, how the award um, wage system works and what their expectations should be going into a job. Mm. Um, it is really tricky to navigate, you know, uh, the the world of work when you're new to a place and when English Absolutely. is a second or third language um, and so and possibly ripe for exploitation yeah absolutely possibly. so it is something we acknowledge you know we're aware of um, you know what what happens unfortunately in the industry um, we do our best to equip our trainees with the the knowledge around you know what um, yeah what what they should expect and how they should be looked after in there so just to paraphrase so the the way that you're doing is you're certainly turning around and facing it square on and giving acknowledging that and giving them the tools to maybe negotiate that if that comes up yeah absolutely and you know just by paying our trainees as i mentioned before the award wage for their work at scarf above award above award Mm. correct Mm -hmm. um you know we are sort of setting them up and saying this is this is what it looks like to, to work and for. if it's if that's it's a bad aberration and this is what you must do congratulations on your work leanne thank you for coming in and being a part of scarf uh, again as we said they go to the website don't yes. they Matt? we'll put the details up there mm. love it love it love it there you go folks a little bit of sound just to know where you are we've got a big meeting happening over here john what's going on and good morning Good morning to you. It's a beautiful morning. The sun's out. As usual, oh. you've turned up when the sun's out. Oh. Yeah, the boys are clean up, are standing around because they've caught up with their work because it's not overly busy at the moment because, um, as usual, most people have been feeling cold, so they're coming out later in the day. Yeah. So they're having a bit of a gas bag there. And we have got show and tell for you folks. Um, unfortunately, you can't see it, so we will do our best to describe it. Um, the first thing that John sort of just sort of... There you go. Slapped on the table um, are some carrots, but they're red. They're, yeah, they've got this red sort of hue to them. Quite large, um, about the size of a ruler, um, so about thirty centimeters. That's without the tops. Beautiful color. Beautiful color. Yes, they're an heirloom t- um, carrot. I was going to say tomato. Are you selling heirlooms now? Oh, well, yeah. What am I talking? You've been sort of selling heirlooms <laughs> of your tomatoes and stuff for ages. But okay, heirloom carrots. Tell me about them. This is um, not a new variety. Um, a lot of the North Europeans and even the Indians uh, know them quite well. They tell me that back home in India, that's all they've got, red carrots rather than orange carrots. Really? Yes. Um, um, they're supposed to be higher in all the um, essential vitamins and minerals. and Beta carotene. Yeah, I was just yeah, going to say that. You're yeah, that, to that, that, one. that, that guy. Um, Gee, they smell too. You can, they, they do. That's coming out of the tops. Yeah. And it's not chemical. It's a natural fragrance. Yes. Um, we've been cutting them into little... Um, uh, round um, thin slices and baking them and I think they're a little bit sweeter 
my dad, 92, being old style, reckons he doesn't think they're any different. But I think they have that little bit of a uh, different flavour. Uh, Sammy, my assistant here, she said that her girlfriend um, uh, juiced them and they were a little bit earthier. But oh, okay. they are supposed to be very good for you. Yeah. Um, people have been trying them and coming back for them, so they must be nice. You know what I'd love to see this with? And this is sort of one of the things when I do carrots... Um, I sort of think, well, yeah, come on, let's, can we put more sugar into it? <laughs> uh, mustard and brown sugar um, as sort of a glaze, and you sort of finish off the just about cooked carrots in that, and it makes them pretty delicious. And you get that whole sort of thing. It's sort of like mustard or fruit, actually, in a yes, way. You know? Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and I'm talking about like using an English mustard, brown sugar, um, a little bit of water if you need to, if it's getting a little bit too dry. But that's kind of nice. How do you like, uh, other than baking, how do you like cooking carrots? Because uh, they're, they're pretty much some of the cheapest things we can get in there. They are. When we when we fry potato chips, I like to um, ask for the carrots to be fried as well. But we put them in first because they take a little bit longer than a potato. Yeah. Um, normally we just peel the Dutch carrot when we haven't got the red ones. Peel it, leave it whole, mm. and you fry them, and they come up a beautiful golden brown. And when you have a piece of carrot and a piece of potato, you get that different flavour and different texture, and it's I can beautiful. Taste it. I can taste yeah, it. You, I know you exactly can. what you mean. That's a and nice And it is really, really nice. Uh, I get told off because they keep telling me it's not good for the cholesterol levels, but you don't do it every day. So yeah. for an occasional treat, it's very nice. Um, you, yeah, and you, that mustard glaze is not yeah, every day for yeah. you. And, and, and you can grate them finely and just put a bit of orange juice like Russian style. Yeah. Um, and, ha- and a few raisins and maybe even a drop of um, vinegar in and, and serve it up as a salad. One of the things, sorry to keep going on about this carrot thing, but, you know, they, they're sort of not maligned but sort of overlooked a, a lot. But I remember um, Chef Kath Claringbold used to have Mecca Bar down there at South Bank and uh, learned from Greg Maloof. She used to cut the carrots in sort of batons about this big and I'm doing about an inch and a half. Um, and then she'd sort of place them in an oven, um, right? Olive oil, salt, and then she'd bake that in sort of a slow oven for about 25 minutes so they just sort of go soft and then dress it with a very sort of butch um, garlicky vinaigrette with um, harissa paste in it and then toss it with lots of Kalamata olives and parsley. Can you imagine the colour that had come out oh of that? Oh, my God, because the, because the way you slowly bake them and you, you cover them with force, so they bake and steam. Anyway, beautiful. Anyway, that's enough about carrots. You've got a... A I very ugly. Okay, it is very ugly. It's a fugly. It's a fugly eggplant, folks. It's sort of... Oh, it's got... Uh, it needs a wash. <laughs> you, need, you need a wash, mate. Uh, You're calling my eggplant the great unclean. It is a little bit. It's got a little right. bit of dust and I'll, dirt on I'll it. I'll tell it? you why. The calyx has started to go on the top. Yeah, That's the, the bit. These, underneath it these, looks good, though. Yeah, these poor buggers came out of Queensland. Uh, this farm got battered with wind big time. So you can imagine these eggplant, how they hang on a, a, a little plant that's only half a metre high at the yeah. most, maybe a metre if, if uh, different varieties. But you can imagine when the wind comes through, how those beautiful baubles would be shaking around and banging each other. So that's why they've got these little um, different coloured blemishes on them. Yeah. Uh, it's only in the outer skin. As you see, so I've even broken the des- skin. Just to describe that sort of colour, we've got eggplant colour, which everybody knows is sort of that aubergine colour. This is sort of a light brown. They've sort of Like a bruise. There. It is like a bruise. Well, they have been bruised. Yeah. 
But yeah. you're seeing I've broken a skin, and look at the colour there. It's a beautiful, vibrant, white, oh, yeah. greeny colour. When you cut these in half, there's no seed. They're nice, bright white, very clean-looking uh, eggplant, not full of seeds and brownie like they are sometimes. These are not bitter, even though they don't look beautiful. When you cook them, you don't need to salt them. Mm. Dice, slice and dice into whatever dish you're doing. We haven't really needed to salt her up. But a lot of people still do, mate. Like I've said quite a few times, we don't buy the first of a crop nor the last of a crop because the first ones are still too young and not quite full of nutrients and moisture that they need. Mm. So we still stick with the old ugly ones. And then when the new ones are good, we buy them. And again, when the the old season are at the end, while we ditch them as well, this is time we leave this poor grower Mm. and look for something better. And the only... Ones that I could find last week that were better, or this week just gone, were the hydro ones. I'd rather not sell them. Yeah. Because just just maybe let's just go down that road a little bit. Um, hydro. No soil. That's the whole... Is that what we're talking about? They can even I... be in soil, but they're drip-fed. Yeah. And what that means is rather than being given organic uh, God's manures, nutrients God's or... nutrients and so on, they're given a chemical substitute mm. and... Uh, they're fed. The water can be warmed to increase the temperature of the plant so it keeps growing and producing. In other words, it's a sort of semi-unnatural natural process. I, I remember once uh, I got some, um, and you're going to probably slap me, but it was a long time ago, John, so forgive me, but some hydroponic parsley. And I remember this stuff was pale and anemic, but I needed There was no other stuff around. And I remember chopping it, and there was... There was no smell of the parsley. It was just sort of like chopping sort of... A weed. A grass. Yeah, it was was a a real grassy herbaceous. It wasn't parsley. Um, No, definitely not. And and why would you when parsley grows like a weed at the best of times? Mm. You know, so why would you want to do that hydro? Uh, Maximise profits. Yeah, (laughs) I think also it's trying to be in control too much as well. Yeah. You know, if something's ugly, it's ugly. You You don't need everything to look pristine and beautiful all the time. Hey, take us, huh? Exactly. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to take that and go with it. Yeah. Now, you've um, a uh, small bowling ball, small <laughs> cannonball size radicchio. That's a good size. Gee, it's got some weight. About 600 gram, this radicchio. It's like a really, really big grapefruit. Yeah, the local stuff is not as good because of the cold weather. These came out of Queensland from a northern Italian family. They sent us these beautiful round radicchio and the long treviso as well. This is a Milanese. I like it better to eat it raw, chopped in a salad. Mm. And the long one, well, a lot of people cook with it or even just um, warm it through with a hot steak on top of it. Great in a risotto. Oh. What you do, and, and, you, and you fry, you, you, you sort of... Um uh, what do we do? We almost blacken the, the radicchio a little bit, like you can chuck it on a barbecue and then chop that up and then throw that into a risotto. I still haven't done that. I've got to get there. I have to do it. Yeah, Sounds yeah, yeah. so good. I haven't done that in years, but it's really, really good. Now, uh, radicchio, beautiful with orange in a salad. Bang. There we go. Look at that. What's this? This is in a navel. Let's have a no. look at Valence. Blood orange. Oh, no. Yes. Hey, yes. Look. Hasn't, it hasn't got the colour on the outside? No. I would, I would um, pick that. Different varieties. So Maybe, I, don't, I don't know. They have started, but Let's have a look. I had one yesterday. Oh, yes, it's looking good. <gasps> oh, my God. It's a revelation. It's, this is very, very red inside. Isn't it? Look at that. That's like a ruby grapefruit. Even darker. 
Wow. And I was expecting to just have little streaks of the red, but... Different varieties are like that. They had mm. a variety last year, very dark on the skin. Mm. We're going to eat that in a minute, but we're going to eat it skin and all. Oh, God, really? Yes, are we? we are. Why are we, we doing are. that? Because the skin on a blood orange is all, always very edible. Yeah. Um, maybe because the actual flesh has got more tang. When you eat the skin, you don't notice it as much as when you're eating a normal orange. Right. So we'll do that because the pith and the skin is also very good for you. A lot of people, when they open up a normal orange, they pull all that pith off. Yeah. You shouldn't. That's very good for you. Not only does it give you fibre and that, mm. but a lot of the goodness is in the pith as well. So I'm told. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong, I All don't right. know. All right, well, let's do that while you think of the, the pick of the market there, John. Oh, you want to show me this? And I want to show gherkin. you this little gherkin. Now, this is not the time for gherkins. No. But I've got one in my hand. We were very, very lucky. These came down from North Queensland. Yes. Now, up there, it's been warm enough. The F-N-Q. flowers. Yeah. Yeah, the, the flowers have set, yes. and we've got gherkins, and they boxed them and sent them down. And they're beautiful. People have been buying not a, not a whole kilo or two kilo like they do in summer. They've been buying a few for a, a quick salad because yeah. they have a different texture and a different flavour than a Lebanese cucumber. It's got a crunch to it. It's yeah. got more sort of yeah. crunchiness about the whole and thing. And a little bit more tartness as well. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to do these oranges, skin and all. Do I sound like I'm excited about that? No, you're not, but no, you're, going, not. To going, to you're going, going to be. You're going to be. You're going to be, all right. All right, what do you think right. of the pick of the market here? All right, all right. I can tell you what my pick of the market is. All right, I'll do the orange while you do You do the orange. I'm going to go half. Yeah, you do that. Um, and I'm going to tell you what I've been eating this week. The beautiful savoy cabbage is nice and tender. We've been having them still in a salad with the red cabbage as well to give it a bit of colour. And we've had steamed cabbage with a bit of pancetta as well, which has been good. Peas and beans, about $10 to $12 for hand-picked stuff. You can get machine-picked for $5, but as usual, I say, you have to eat them sooner. So you spend a little bit more money, have a little bit less, enjoy the sweeter beans, and um, you don't have to worry about them being stringy and mushy and all that stuff. We're still running with the local tomatoes. We've got beautiful Murray Bridge tomatoes as well. Not as many heirlooms as being a little bit cold because their flowers are a little bit more delicate, so mm. there's not a whole lot of them around, but we've got some. Beautiful cherry truss. I'm selling $12 this week. I think next week they might be 9 to $10 a kilo because there's been a lot more coming onto the market floor. Yep. Cucumbers are very expensive at the moment. We've been selling eight fifty for Lebanese. Normally, Woo. you know, we sell 3 $4, but again, Ooh. because of the cold, there's a shortage. Yep. Um, beautiful butternut pumpkin there like sugar. We've had them in the roast, so can't go wrong there with the beautiful potatoes. There's so many varieties of potatoes. It's worse than some of the apples and how many varieties there are. you got celeriac? Oh, I've got a huge celeriac. Probably weighs about a kilo and a half, mm. closer to the size of a real bowling ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, $6 for a big one, $5 for a smaller one. Um, a lot of my customers have been grating them and making a remoulade, or they've been making soup with them as well. But we also put them in the oven with the potatoes. They're very nice baked. And you can braise them too. Cut them into pieces, fry them up, and then cover in a stock. You can put some cheese on top of that. That is awesome. It is. Yeah. And red capsicum, summer price, three fifty a kilo. Big, beautiful, red, juicy capsicums. Giveaway price. Bullhorn a little bit dearer. We're selling bullhorn nine dollars a kilo, but three fifty for red capsicum. You can have them in a salad. You can make a sauce with them. You can do them with a dressing any way you like. 
all those bullhorns you can stuff, which was one of the biggest revelations I've had in the last few months. All right, mate, look, I'm going to have to race over to the market. I'll take some of those those uh, fugly eggplants off your hands, though, no worries. Oh, they're beautiful. Oh, We're going to chop them up into cubes and fry them, yep. put plenty of parsley, oregano and garlic on them, and if you don't know, you, you think they were mushrooms. Try it. Il carne de povero, huh? Mm, the meat of the poor. That's right. All right, my bones are warm. I'm feeling good. I've eaten the orange. You didn't eat the you, skin, did you? I, eat, I ate the you whole did? thing. It's all gone. So how's your mouth? Did it I leave did a it beautiful off. flavoured mouth? Yeah, I'm awake now. Good. Thank you. Have a lovely day. I'm off. See ya. <laughs> that was nice. Disco. Yeah. Hey, can I, um, I want to go there. Yes. Can I apologise for all those sponsorship announcements? I forgot to play them earlier. First time in 20 years. I forgot to play them, so we had lots yeah. of them. Well, the good news is we've got Nikki Rima here. Hello, Nikki. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. It's good to see you. Uh, awesome to be Chef's Day off? It is. Nice. Chef Day fun day. Hey. Equal Sunday. <laughs> and um, obviously you've, um, d- well, you've deemed to come in to us and we're delighted that oh, you've it. joined us. What's on for the rest of the day? Are you going out and grabbing something to eat? Yeah, I might be feeling a little dusty today, actually. Ooh. I actually had Saturday what night What are you going to I cooked at home, had a friend over, a chef friend who's been living in France for a year. Whatever. Whatever, Lucky him. Yeah. Said, come round. Cooked up some, you know. Pork belly, Nero, yes. fennel, yeah. tomato and chilli, just yes. put it in my little pot in the oven and we sat around and Waited drank wine. for it. And, yeah. <laughs> ah, it should be ready. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, we'll have another bottle. We may have munched on cheese kranskis beforehand. Yes. <laughs> this is a good very time. Posh, what very we, What posh. were you drinking? Uh, we started out, we actually had some Premier Crew Chablis to start. I love my job. I work at a place where I get to source some pretty fine drink and stuff. Thrown, I just throw the pen down again. Oh, we may have had some champagne, some rosé as well. And for those that have never had, um, uh, a Chablis, because it is, that is truly mm. a French mm. thing and a bloody Premier Grand Cru denotes one of, of the great vineyards. What's it like? It's a little bit, uh, I hate to use a big word, you know, that phenolic sherry type flavour almost. Like a a phenoe type thing with the floor on the top. Yeah. Gosh, it was delicious. Yes. Very, very nice. Rogers and Hammerstein movie. It is. Something that people just don't drink enough of, I think, you know. What, Chablis or floor sherry? No, Chablis. Chablis. Yeah, Yeah. well, we'll, we'll... can't afford the bloody <laughs> grand coup, can we? Sorry. Uh, anyway, but th- this is the great thing because the, the whole notion of Bellotta is this marriage of really, really great food, thanks yeah. to you. Oh, bless. Thank you. It's all right. No, it's a pleasure, I should be uh, be saying. Um, but uh, also the Prince Wine Store is... Um, um, yeah, it's our little marriage in heaven in <laughs> South Melbourne. You know, it's yeah. as a chef, I, I say this over and over again, but it's the best thing in the world. I've got, you know, the food side, they've got the wine side, and we just put it all together really well. And you parlay in the middle. I sure do. Parlez-vous, venue. <laughs> wow. Um, and, it's, and it's good. And... Uh, and here we are in, we are now in the middle of the winter. The depths of winter. The depths The of best winter. time for eating and cooking. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, all that roastiness. And guilt free almost. Oh, yeah. I can sell. Yes, I shall have the pudding. Exactly. I mean, I can sell things that, like, we just did roast pheasant wrapped in Kaiser Fleisch and we served it with, <laughs> uh, what do we have with it? Truffles wow. and things like that. And people yeah. just eat it. Like, okay. Yeah, even, no worries. Yeah, that's for me, you yeah. know. I did a comfy. Pheasant leg salad with crispy pig's ear just walks out the door because people just have this thing that I can eat this this time of year. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, 
Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm not going to put weight on. Well, you do, but you just go, well, that's what the beginning of spring is for, that everybody freaks out exactly. and goes, I've got to get beach ready. I know, but no, I, I love say it. That. Uh, so yeah, he, so here we are in in the middle of winter, and we've got things these hero things that are coming out. Do you do much with artichokes? I do. I love artichokes. They could be my favourite vegetable. I think they're they're one of those vegetables that have so many layers apart from physically layers but right, you know that right. you can either quick pickle them a friend of mine just last weekend you know we had a sunday lunch together and he had those tiny little baby tightly packed ones mm. and he literally just cut them up pickled them overnight and the next day warmed them through added a little bit of extra virgin olive oil it was the best thing i had in my life oh my God. they were so good but then you get the older ones a little bit and you deep fry them and suck on the you know the bit where it's joined to the heart and that was something that stephanie alexander always taught me you know the just fry that artichoke and pull that leaf off and then just suck the middle out oh it's so good and tender it's it's a great thing to humanity's ingenuity that they were able to make them edible because you know, if like, you look at it, you wouldn't think you go, so. No, let's just keep walking. Oh, we yeah. don't need those sort of things. So artichokes are, are, mm. are big at the moment. And uh, what other things are you you're doing? You do, are you getting a lot of game birds by yeah. the sound of it? Yeah, I've been I've been game. game birds. I haven't, don't think I, I've ever, have I had a pheasant. I don't know if I've ever had a pheasant. Well, Maybe once or twice. It's one of those things that I noticed. The older generation have come in, and I've had a pheasant on as a special, and they're like, "I want that. I haven't had that for years." Yeah, you know, right. which is a bit sad to me. Like, I want to see more game on. You know, we've been doing squab pigeons, the pheasants, the Great Ocean Road ducks. They God. are just divine because they taste like duck yes you know they the meat goes darker when you cook it and i like to roast a whole ducker you know mm-hmm. i just get the whole thing might do things like masala and vegetables and you know i'll even stuff them with i did this stuffing that so return pork. the sweetness back to them a little bit yeah yes okay so the, the meat will be that lovely dark flesh and mm. give them that punch of a masala sweetness it just is divine but i'll be doing things like a stuffing where i braised pig's trotters and pig's ears then chop that all up mix that with pork mince yes we put chestnuts and prunes and then we stuff that into the duck and roast it and things like that we don't see often enough you know and mm. I love to cook like that to just, all right, how much This is your flavor. season, Nikki. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, You're made for this. I am. I am. Absolutely. It, I just can't stop thinking about all those kind of things at this time of year. Mm. Know, but with summer, I just go, mm, okay, it's tomato time. I love tomatoes. But yeah, yeah. You know, winter time, I'm like, what can I Ooh. do to this, you know, big roasty bird? Yes. You know, the summer lad chickens. Get a big What's chicken. What's the summer chicken? The summer lads are those bigger style. They kind of... Um, I guess you could call them a heritage breed. Yes. They they sort of stand a bit taller, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes... Take up a bit more room in the roasting pan. By the yeah, time, but they have this gorgeous poultry bird flavour, you know, and okay. I love to do things like make a butter with, you know, we've talked about this with um, the lovely Damien Pignolet and his style of oh, cooking. Oh, we just at the top of the show. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I mentioned to you in the phone call that I dragged Tarragon. that book out. And you dragged that book out too, you Just said. the other day because I wanted, I knew I was going to do something with Pheasant. And, and, and what is that book again? Just so that uh, French. Pi- French. Just so Damien Pignolet, French. It's part of a duet. The other one's salads. Mm. You can probably wait You've got to get French, months. though. The, the whole section he does on game, and he talks all about the different birds and all these different recipes with birds. But butter and fat equal bird, equal roast, amazing. And also the other thing that uh, the very, very first time, and I think you said Maggie Beer taught him this, looking back, uh, to flip the bird over and stick it in a bowl so that when you allow it to rest, 
all those juices can just return back. And oh. It is amazing the difference that that simple Completely 180 turn. Yep. Let it and rest. only needs to rest for about 10 minutes. Like yeah, even that's like all that. I could wait. Yeah. Matt, Matt was giving me a hard time, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, I was saying, like, 20, surely. Come on, mate. No. no. You were sort of no. circling with your cutlery. Drooling. Let's do that. Um, in, the, in the time that we've, we've got left, are there mm. any other sort of favey things that... Jerusalem artichokes too. Fartichokes. Yes, the fartichokes. Yes. Gorgeous. Those explosive tubers. Oh, my gosh. I do love them. Mm. Like, I like to roast them, dice that all up, mix that with like ricotta and porcini, shave truffles on top on toast. Boom. God. Yep. <laughs> Truffle we toast. We need to go have a lunch after this, don't we? Yeah. Everyone's going to have to go and eat. Are you all hungry out there, folks? <laughs> yes. Uh, Nikki, doing it. Okay, and also seeing we've um, we've just been doing meat, 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 meat. We've got a couple of things left. Mm. Uh, vegetables and things like that that you love at I this love time pumpkin. of year. Gosh, yeah, I love pumpkin. Gosh, I love pumpkin. And again, you know, I'm, I'm reminiscent of a friend of mine who got a whole pumpkin and just whacked it on the Weber. And then we had it as this chunky, big roasted pumpkin. It was almost black. Yes. Scooped out the flesh and it gorgeous sorrel. Uh, sorrel butter sauce he made on it. Oh, Lord. And sorrel's divine. a really, really interesting herb in that it, it has, it's quite an acidic herb, isn't it? And, and, and lifts perfect, things up. Exactly, yeah. You put something sweet with that, like a pumpkin, mm. and it's just match made in heaven. And so, yeah, good idea to wheel out the barbie and throw, throw a pumpkin on the barbie. Yeah, just leave it out there cooking. From the song of the same name, yes. It, it is good. Now, um, uh, Bellotta is where again? 181 Bank Street, South Melbourne. Across from the old... Bill Armstrong's yes. said, remembering, yes. remembering things. And next to the uh, Prince Wine Store, and you're also doing a farm to seller lunches yeah, on yeah. Saturdays. Every third Saturday, uh, third Saturday of the month. Yes. Yeah, we're doing a bit of a $60 three-course, come in on a Saturday lunch, and I'll do something. Last, like I said, Great Ocean Road Ducks. Uh, we're looking at doing some Warrior to Belt to Galloway soon. Oh, really? Stuff like that. Just nice and relaxed. Beef from the snaiths. Yeah. Um, well, it's always a pleasure to see you, Nikki. Same. Thank you very, very much for for coming in. And um, God, those farm to seller things sound really, really good. Mm. Uh, it is twelve fifty nine. We've got. Uh, we're moving on into uh, the afternoon part of Triple R. And uh, please don't go away because there's lots of great things that are happening. Neil Morris is on. Yes. Very, very shortly. We're still here. We neglected to mention last week also, we'll just mention it very briefly, uh, our good friend Matty Wilkinson has closed the doors at Pope Joan uh, just down the road oh, last week. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? So maybe we'll talk more about that. Maybe just we'll see just we make on. way for a development. Yes, and yeah, also, uh, on the other hand, uh, Cumulus, Andrew McConnell's restaurant, is just celebrated 10 years. So Ooh. congratulations on that. We might talk about that too. Mm. It is one o'clock. We need to go. Nikki, thanks again for coming in. Absolute pleasure. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you, Cameron. See you next week, you guys. Bye. This has been a podcast from Free Triple R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.